It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. I should probably just go to France and just take care of things there. But even in fall, just to see the hillsides uh, aflame with yeah. color around the Finger Lakes. Is- we did our, our honeymoon. We drove to New York. Oh. Um, at the time, Doug did not like to fly, so we took uh-huh. the drive all the way out to... Okay. All right, all right. Do I need to bring it up a little? Yeah, bring it up Yeah, a bit. that's what I thought. Yeah. Ben likes to... Okay shove microphones in faces. <laughs> he was a lot more gentle with you than he is with me. It's usually like, <laughs> but that comes from knowing somebody for So Ben, is this long. your full-time job? Uh, it is. It is. Yes. This is uh, your little studio this that you set up? This is my place. Up? Yeah. It's, uh, wow. yeah. I, I started it uh, officially brick and mortar like four years ago, but I've wow. been freelancing for over a decade at this point. Ah. And, Shooting well, video since I was ten, and you were a DJ. So, wow. He was, was a, a DJ. DJ for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> just playing, or were you? you know, I didn't do the scratching or anything like that. I just played the music, uh-huh. but uh, you know, that's that's where I got used to like talking into microphones uh-huh. and kind of you know yeah. making making myself heard and that kind of thing. And now I'm much more comfortable behind a microphone talking than I uh-huh. am like being in front of a camera for sure. Uh-huh. But that's what I get people to do all the time mm-hmm. is get them in front of cameras and mm-hmm. make them talk. So yeah, she's good at it. I'm terrible at it. Some so. days. So. There's some days. <laughs> just there are a few days. There's where, a few days it doesn't go well yeah, at all. It doesn't go 100%, but you know. That's normal. It's, <laughs> so, yeah. It's so funny because your name came up the other day that I was talking to a friend about how when you grow up with somebody as a teacher or as a professor, uh, professor, professor, <laughs> uh, professor, that it's hard to go back and call them by their first name. <laughs> so it's, it's hard for me to say, welcome, Sandy Mathias. <laughs> because, like, no, it's Dr. M. That's all I can say. But, but you know, I find over time, it's interesting yeah. how some people mm-hmm. feel very comfortable calling me Sandy. Really? Former singers yeah. or students. And others will still refer yeah. to me as Dr. M. It's so it's interesting. <laughs> and I just leave it up to the person. Right. Whatever they're comfortable I mean, with, I'm comfortable with. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think I was I think I was eleven when I met you. Which mm-hmm. is just a couple of years ago. Just a just couple. A couple. <laughs> but you started you started the Columbus Symphony Orchestra Children's Chorus, right? Were you the initial director? Yes and no. Yes, I was the initial director. Okay. I was doing a children's choir at Capitol mm-hmm. through the uh, prep division. Okay. And Christian Badia. We had mm-hmm. done some concerts with the symphony with yeah. that choir and a middle school choir from Grove City. Okay. And Christian Badia decided that the symphony was going to have their own children's chorus. Was he over the symphony? He was the he conductor. He was the conductor. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so... I, on the very, well, he asked, he asked me to come and help judge auditions. Mm. Well, because the name Columbus Symphony Orchestra Children's Chorus, I could not believe the kids that were coming Mm. out of the woodwork to come down and audition for this. And here I, 1987. Okay. Yeah. And so I thought, whoa, (laughs) 
these kids aren't coming out to Capitol. We don't have this many kids audition. Yeah. And so then he auditioned with me one okay. day. Yeah. And he said to me, you know, are you applying for this position to be the conductor of this? And I said, oh, I, you know, I'm teaching full time at Capitol. Yeah. I have that little choir out there. I, I don't know. He said, well, you should think about it. So on the very last day to turn in your resume and yeah. application for that job, I did. Yeah. I took it down. I thought of all those kids I'd heard in the auditions. Mm. And, you know, David Ayers and Valisetta and all these kids. Yeah. And so I, I put my application in and I, I was selected to be the conductor. <laughs> so no pressure. The, no pressure. You know, the rest was history. And we started with like 90 children. Oh, my god! And gosh. then each year as we brought yeah. new kids in, the old ones had to tread water. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I think it's time we could divide this into... Mm -hmm you know, more advanced choir yeah. and a beginning choir that you could then move up to the advanced. Mm -hmm. And the symphony, they were um, more committed to doing that with strings because mm -hmm. yep. they had the, the symphony, the junior yeah. strings, and they had an elementary group. Mm -hmm. Then they were doing it with singers. Right. So we met with the symphony um, and it was mutually decided that we would graduate yeah. from the symphony and become our own community nonprofit organization, mm -hmm. yeah. the Columbus Children's Choir. And that was, what year was Because that was shortly after I left. So two, it wasn't that, 2000, was it? No, no, no. Um, like 96, I think. Okay. I don't know. It was the year that we went to Disney. Okay. As an honor choir for a big festival over Them Memorial sounds, Day. Okay, because I left in 95. Okay. So it was shortly thereafter, yeah. I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But that's the that's not how you started. You're and you are not from Columbus originally. You're from New York State. I'm from Western New York. Okay. I am from the high school where Renee Fleming graduated from. Really? I like to say I paved the way for oh, Renee. Oh yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, care, I was involved. I I you know, I was in the band, I sang in the choir yeah. and I was a Girl Scout from a little kid all the way up through senior high school okay. and was always the song leader. Yeah. And when it came time to think about what am I going to do in mm -hmm. college and the rest of my life, and I thought, oh, I, I like leading those songs with all the Girl Scouts. <laughs> and I would do it at big conferences and yeah. jamborees. And so um, I went to the State University of New York at Fredonia. Okay. As a voice major, music ed. Yeah. And got to student teach. It was interesting because I student taught elementary out on Chautauqua Lake, Bemis Point, hmm. with a gentleman. I arrived and he walked out of the door and said, there you go. And oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. And then I, my high school was in Jamestown, New York, mm -hmm. with an incredible, incredible uh, choral conductor. Okay. And then, interestingly enough, uh, just before I graduated from Capitol, a gentleman from the Met came to Fredonia and auditioned girls to sing in the opera chorus at Chautauqua hmm. for summer season. Yeah. And um, 
myself and five others, we were selected to be in the chorus. And wouldn't you know, one of the men in that chorus was this tall, handsome gentleman from Ohio. <laughs> I feel like I know his name. <laughs> By the name of Joel Matthias. Yeah. Oh, that's how you met. I didn't that's know That's how that. we met. Yeah. So he's a singer as well. Was. Right. He, okay. he, he, is, he was an organist at Otterbein. Yeah. And organ major. Okay. Music ed. And, um, but he, he was singing in the opera chorus. He's a good chorus mm -hmm. singer, um, but he's an awesome choral conductor. Yeah. And knows how to mm -hmm. bring voices together to yeah. get an awesome sound. Yeah. Yeah. So huh. the next summer we were married. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So was he still in school at that point? No, he was teaching near Ashland and then he had a job near Hilliard. Okay. So when we were married, we lived in Hilliard and I taught in Hilliard that first year. So did you move from, you just came down? I did. Wow. I was the rebel of the family that Yikes. left Western New York. Uh -oh. Yeah. But your family liked him. I'm assuming. Who cannot like I, Joel? That's what I was going to say. Is like he's, <laughs> he's about the most friendly, such a wonderful person. Guy. He is. He's he's wonderful. So you started teaching then at Hilliard. I started in Hilliard um, at Ridgewood Elementary. Okay. And we were there just one year, mm -hmm. and then he wanted to get his master's in choral conducting, and at that time OSU didn't have okay. a program. Yeah. And so we went out to Indiana University. Okay. And I taught in the schools there, and he um, did his master's in choral conducting. Okay. And we ended up then staying there for 11 years. He ended up teaching in the public schools. I was driving 48 miles one way oh, down geez. into Amish country Oy. and had K through 12 oh vocal music. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but it was just vocal. Most right. jobs in the country were vocal and instrumental. Okay. With a halftime show on the gym floor during basketball season. <laughs> But I didn't wow. have to nope. do that. Mm -mm. So, I, no. so no. my job after one year, three little communities consolidated. So yeah. I didn't have a job. Oh, so he went looking and got a job in at Bloomington High School. Okay. And then I ended up teaching in an elementary school there in Bloomington. But Bloomington is an amazing place. When okay. we were there, the population of the university and the population of the town were equal. Oh, wow. So it was huh. just incredible. You ran into these world-renowned people in all fields, in the grocery store, the right. flower shop, church, mm. whatever. There's really nowhere else to go around there, is there? No. Like Bloomington is it for it's a while. It. That's <laughs> right. It is. It, it, is. Okay. it is a singular town. It yes. is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So how did you get back here then? Well, you know, around Bloomington, there's a lot of limestone. In fact, there's limestone that built the Empire State Building. Oh, okay. Mm. And so they were going to build a second high school in Bloomington. Mm -hmm. And what do you know? They hit limestone. And so there was some financial difficulties, mm. and it just looked like it was not yeah. going to quite be the same. Right. And Joel's family was here in Ohio and okay. mine in western New York. And we thought, yeah. well, why don't we look back in Ohio? Okay. We were closer to family. Did you have, was Jill born by that point? No, Sally Jane was born. Sally, okay. She was born in Bloomington. Okay. Yeah. And so we found out that Bexley High School was open and Broad Street Presbyterian Church. Oh, my gosh. So he applied for both of those jobs mm -hmm. and got both of them. Okay. Um, I applied. There was also an elementary position in Bexley. But back then, 
they were in the practice of not hiring married couples. Why? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> you could meet. You could be single teaching for Bexley, okay. and if you, you know, a uh, relationship occurred and you got married, that was, that okay. was okay. That was okay. That makes even less sense yeah. to me. But yeah. okay. But we're talking 1975. I guess I just don't understand why the, why the controversy. Well, that's okay because then we had Jill, okay. and she would that that was okay. a good thing. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, <laughs> So he was teaching high school and then also at the church, but really mm-hmm. wanting a full-time church job yeah. and yeah. applied all around everywhere. Okay. And um, at then the position at Capitol mm-hmm. came open. And so I applied because I thought I had had student teachers from mm-hmm. Indiana University and worked closely yeah. with that faculty and just loved working with student teachers. Mm. So I applied for what the capital position. What was the actual position, position? Professor of vocal music ed. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't have my doctorate, but back in those days, they were looking for somebody with practical experience right. rather right. than somebody who'd been in a research library. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was hired and, huh. you know, was there for 29 years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah, so 29 years with those students and 25 yeah. years with the children's choir. That's, that's one of my of joys of being on Facebook, following their careers. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's you, just exciting. You've had some successful folk go through, though, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's and when you feel like, wow, that I mean, how many, was, especially in the... I, I mean, I know Capital's different because they went there for music, but right. how many of your singers ended up doing something in music? A lot. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think of David Ayers. I saw him once. He um, was the understudy for the lead in Mamma Mia on Broadway. So I went there for an American Choral Directors Association conference. Yeah. And um, the show was on, so I went to see him in it, and that was just oh a joy. Oh, my gosh. A was joy. he in the original? Like the first yes. group that came through. Yes. Okay. I yes. remember his name, but I think he was. Yeah, well, he, he was, was a boy, so group. he was out by the time I got there. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, Valeria Seta, mm-hmm. um, she toured the country in State mm-hmm. Fair with yep. John Davidson. Yeah. And then she she went to New York City and she did some work over in Greece mm-hmm. performing. Yep. And then came back here and got her master's degree. She and has a she cool has down there a, now. Yeah. a dynamite program at University of Alabama in Birmingham. Yeah. That it's, it's nice to have somewhere else to tell my students, like, here's another yeah, school you might want to look into. Yeah. Just saying. That degree in musical theater is, mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. I mean, she takes them to New York City and she knows so many people right. that they get a rich experience. And they're yeah. doing an original musical. Either they did it last spring or they're doing mm. it this fall about the story of a slave. Mm. Incredible. Just incredible. Okay. The students helped write oh, it. wow. Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. amazing. And then I sing with about seven of them in the symphony chorus. Seven alums yeah. of the children's choir. Andrea's in there, isn't Andrea's she? in there. Katie. Um, now, see, I've, I always, I'm getting to remember their married names <laughs> rather than Katie Ogden Thornton. She's in there, and she teaches music for okay. Dublin City Schools. Huh. And then Laura Fryer Byers, she sings in the symphony chorus. Okay. And um, let's see, Elise, now she's 
teaching strings, um, but she was singing for a while. Hmm. And um, Melissa DeRoche Ewing, okay. she's singing. They must have all been after my time. Either that or before. Before. I think I was kind of right smack in the middle. Yeah. Before the split. Well, happened. you don't sing in the symphony chorus. I don't. It's an I, awesome thing. I would like It's to. my therapy. Yeah. When I retired from, you know, I'd prepared the children to sing with the symphony for yeah. years and years and years. And then when I retired, um, I thought, ooh. What and at that time, <laughs> Jean-Marie Zaituni was the conductor, and I watched him work with the children. Yeah. And I thought, ooh, I want to sing under you. Mm. So I asked Ron Jenkins, you know, yeah. my Tuesdays are free now. I'd love oh, to come. That's awesome. And he said, oh, just come. <laughs> so, and then... Oh my gosh, I love singing under Rossin Milanov. He's mm. what what a gift to our community. This man is incredible, just mm. incredible. Where is he from originally? Bulgaria. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And there's a neat story about him that um, I have a very good friend. She's also a past president of the American Kodai Society. Mm-hmm. And she lives in Pittsburgh. But her um, first husband, who's passed away now, um, he was the artistic director of the Tamboritsins, which is an Eastern European folk dance and oh song group. Okay. So years and years ago, they were on a recruiting trip in Eastern Europe and went to Bulgaria and just were announced, anybody want to come to Pittsburgh yeah. and Duquesne yeah. University and work <laughs> on um, undergraduate or master's degree. And so Rawson was an oboe player and he was 19. Well, yeah, that sounded, he might be interested in that. So he applied and he was accepted and mm-hmm. he got to Pittsburgh. He had no place to live. So Chris and Nick had two boys. Yeah. So they invited him to come live with them. And he's just so personable oh my gosh. and easygoing yeah. that he just fit right into their family, lived with them for nine months. So when he was getting ready for his first concert here, Chris mm-hmm. contacted me. We'd love to come over and surprise him. Aww. So she came and we visited him. Oh, visited awesome. him in his yeah. dressing room after the concert. Oh, and, but he, you know, we just, uh, he started doing the Messiah with the symphony every year. So mm-hmm. last year was the first. Mm-hmm. And when he came to our rehearsal, it was like a three-hour master class oh, in Messiah. <laughs> it was incredible. Nobody wow. realized that we'd gone like 15 minutes over time. Mm. We're just so <laughs> entranced so with yeah. him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, he's he's awesome. Because you've seen several conductors go through the system at this yes. point. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, in 25 years. Yeah, the children sang with um, Badia. We did, they Siciliani was Siciliani. there. Siciliani, yeah. And the, the kids loved Alessandro. Mm-hmm. Just, he had a real connection <laughs> with he the did. kids. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I feel like he... He made us feel important to be where we were. Yes. And that we were worthy and able to be doing what we were doing. Yes. Because we, excuse me, I remember we did um, Carmina Barana with him, Mm -hmm. which is not a light undertaking. Right. I mean, we didn't have to do a lot, but Mm -hmm. it was still there. We did the Chichester Psalms, Mm -hmm. I believe, when he was still there. Mm -hmm. And the Holiday Pops. And And were you with the group that went to Carnegie Hall? I was not. Okay, that was the 50th anniversary of the CSO. That was an amazing opportunity for the kids. We could only take 37 Mm -hmm. kids. So, and he chose (laughs) this um, 
um, section from Mephistopheles by Boito was the hardest thing I ever taught to kids. It was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and. Um, it was so chromatic, and you know we're trying to figure it out in solfege. And, <laughs> but I mean, the kids got it. But yeah. I had to audition like, all the kids, oh, and that, that was hard. It's like Sophie's to, Choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I there's so many fond memories of going back to your. I, I mean, I can trace so many things back to children's choir mm. that I draw as like if I had not had that if I had not had that opportunity, I would not be able to. I mean, even getting into theater because we did Joseph, mm. we were selected oh my for gosh, Joseph. Yes, and I really truly credit that as the. This is what I want to do for the rest of my yeah. life. That that was. That was an incredible experience, you know, to do it with the gay men's chorus. And there were some children that were not allowed to do it, that their pastors told their parents, You're, you cannot do this. Hmm. And then there were other families who entered into it with a little fear and trepidation. But once they saw some rehearsals with the men and the kids, and there were truly families whose attitudes changed and you know that's the mantra of the gay men's chorus um and it it was such an incredible incredible experience for everybody yeah yeah it's it's just it's amazing the the number of people and I, i think the other the other lesson that i got out of it which we always laugh mom and i laugh that when i was in middle school she would sit up at night and worry about me because I didn't have any friends. Um, and I think just because I was a little bit weird, I was pretty artistic. I know I was weird. I know that's a shocker. Um, I'm, I, I don't know what to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't really have any close friends. But it was in the children's choir yes. that I found my way. Yes. And, and then, there were so many children exactly yeah. like that who had no friends at their school. Mm-hmm. But they would come to children's choir and find yeah. like-minded Right. people and and fast friends and families yeah. right you know I can think of two families well they're still friends to mm. this to this day yeah the Zachriches mm-hmm. and the Vinkos yeah they discovered that they had this intense love of baseball oh jeez mm. and so those families started mm-hmm. gathering together and going to baseball games and you know kids are now married and and yeah. the kids have kids and they still all get together oh, gosh and yeah, so that's crazy. It was an amazing time for me. Also, the mm. experience that I experiences that I was able to have yeah. with um, the singers, mm-hmm. the tours that we did, singing at the White House during Christmas time. Oh, jeez, um, just amazing things. The uh, benefit that we had, Children for Children, we worked with mm. um, Deborah Price. Um, they lost a daughter to cancer, and so mm. we started this Children for Children benefit. Cool. And I think it's important for kids to know that they can give back. Mm-hmm. They don't have the money right. to do it, but they have their they have talent the yeah. that can create <laughs> some money. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. So you started the group in 87 with... <laughs> Whoever came through. Well, that was the symphony. That was the first symphony. That was the symphony. Okay. Children's chorus. And then we graduated from them like in 
96. Yeah. To the, did, were, there, were there three initially there, groups? In the Columbus Children's Choir, yeah. yes, because it's like, well, what are we going to call ourselves? And right. I thought, well, we're in Columbus. Yeah. How about the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria? Mm-hmm. And that worked for um, a while. And yeah. then the Santa Maria was pretty large and there was beginning to be a top level. Mm-hmm. And then Jane Wenner down with the Nina Choir, she had like 60 third and fourth graders there. And we thought, oh. well, let's 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 take the top end and make a, a choir that can rehearse twice a week. Yeah. So that became the New World Singers. Mm-hmm. Name a father suggested that. Yeah. And then let's make um, divide that third, fourth beginning level choir and Mm -hmm. put the true beginners right and that became isabella Mm -hmm. and so then there were five Hmm. and then there were people out in the suburbs saying well i don't want to come way downtown so we started a satellite choir in pickerington molly mccorkle rule did that and then we started one in new albany (laughs) and so then there were seven And then just the cost of rental Mm -hmm. um, and sports seemed to be larger in those um, suburbs than arts. So then we came back to in-house, no satellites. Which is so funny to hear people saying it's too far for us to go. When we had people that were driving, what, an hour and 45 minutes? Zanesville. Wasn't Hillary? Circleville. Yeah, Hillary from Circleville. Uh Uh-huh. Like yeah. every time. And then yeah. we always drove really far because mom didn't like to drive on the highway. Sorry, mom, telling your story. <laughs> so if we had choir, I am throwing her under the bus. It was terrible. If we had choir yeah. at nine, because I was there for like the the select group right. at nine, right. I think we left the house at 730 from Gehanna mm. to Broad Street Press because mm. we had to drive Come the back roads. Way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then we would sit in the parking lot. But there were kids from Ostrander, Helen Haggerty. Helen, yep. And she and my sister are friends. Oh. And you had my sister in the yes. um, in the, Kodai in the program? summer In the summer Kodai program. Okay. Yes. So funny. Yeah. I always say you have to behave yourself. In the arts, because everybody is everybody knows. Connected. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So explain Kodai. I mean, I kind of know what it is, mm-hmm. but you probably do. You oh know? yeah, no, all about it. It's, well, explain what Kodai is. Well, first I should say my master's degree is was with ORF emphasis, which is mm-hmm. another approach to yep. music education, named for the composer Carl, Carl ORF. Mm. And but and my kids were loving music, mm-hmm. having a great time in Bloomington, where I was teaching with that. But I just felt something was missing. I wasn't sure what they were learning mm-hmm. or what they knew, where we were going. And, yeah. and so I went to a summer course at Indiana University. This young teacher, mm-hmm. Betsy Mall, had been over in Hungary for three years mm. and came back. And she and a professor at IU, Jean Sinor, they did this workshop. And I went mm-hmm. for that summer and it was just like, oh my gosh, here's the answer. Yeah. Because of the pedagogy behind it, using the ideas of Piaget and Pestalozzi and Kestenberg, and so that I knew, just as a classroom teacher has ideas for readiness and then teaching a concept and then application of mm-hmm. the concept. Yeah. It's the same exact thing behind the Kodai. And Kodai looked all over the world. Mm-hmm. Where is there great music going on? Right. And then drew 
from that, what the ideas yeah. from all those different countries. So it's really an eclectic approach. Okay. It is um, discovery-based. It is um, joy. The numero uno is teaching the joy of music. Hmm. Um, it also has a name of literacy, mm -hmm. but Kodai's idea was thinking of being musically literate was being the same as literate in a language. You can read it, you can think in it, you mm. can write it. Mm. Um, so it's exactly the same. Yeah. And that only the best is good enough for mm -hmm. students, yeah. which is why, you know, we sang demanding. all that great music. Yeah. It is demanding, but the other aspect is empowering mm -hmm. the student to become the owner of music. Oh, yeah. And... Um, we, we that's why it's exciting. You did work <laughs> yeah. hard, yeah. But you owned it. You yeah. know, the, I I always say if if the students can, the singers can figure out the music on their own. If I give them the tools to be able mm -hmm. to figure out the music on their own, yeah, they own it forever. Mm -hmm. You know, what were some of your favorite pieces? That you oh remember? my gosh, uh, there's so many. I was thinking. One thing that it reminded me was one of the greatest things that I learned was to how to sing by ear, um, mm -hmm. which drove all of my private instrumental teachers nuts because I just learned how mm -hmm. to. And, and that's that's probably from mom more so. But then learning in children's choir how to identify what those were mm -hmm. so that by the time I got into high school and wasn't doing a whole lot of I mean, I did the choir at Capitol with um, Mark Hutzko, with Mark Hutzko, mm -hmm. which was awesome as well. Mm -hmm. But I took a class of honors harmony and theory just to take it with Shellhammer. Mm. And while the, the theory just, it, it hurt my head, mm -hmm. knowing this wasn't something I was going to do. But right. just when we did the harmony parts, though, he used, he would play one note down in the bass and one note way on the top. He's like, what's the interval? Every time it was like, but I know what this sounds like. Yeah. Mm. And I can still find an A because that's yeah. how we started. We started every rehearsal time. every time. Um, I, yeah. gosh, I remember um, music, Art Thou Troubled, Music Will Call Me. Oh, yeah. I yes. always love that one. I mean, yes. these are the older school. Yeah. Um, song for the Myra. Yeah. And I think we were in, where were we in? Indianapolis for that? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Ria La Bouche. That was mm -hmm. always one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. My gosh. Um, oh, everything's coming together. Going up beyonder will mm -hmm. pierce my heart till the day I mm -hmm. die, of course. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were in the choir or not, but we had this amazing accompanist, Brenda Curie. Oh, yeah. And yeah. we were singing for OMEA. Mm. And um, I think Doreen Rao was there doing an honors choir, but it was our performance time. And when it got to Going Up Yonder, there was such a connection between the singers and Brenda mm -hmm. that I just sat down and let you all sing it with her. Do you her. recall that? Yeah. I was there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, but the neat thing about that Kodai philosophy, having just been at this international symposium mm -hmm. in Malaysia, um, because of the pedagogy, it works anywhere in the world. And what you do is plug in the music of of the culture where mm -hmm. you are. Yeah. And I went to a session that was done by some um, friends from the Philippines. And they were showing how I have another friend who collected 
folk music up mm. and down the Philippine Islands. Mm -hmm. And so they use her collection. And it's been analyzed for um, common rhythms and common yeah. melodic patterns. And so that's how they put their sequence together because they know that those sounds are in the children's ears mm. from hearing them when they were in utero. Yeah, And, and it's different from here in, well, for us, a lot of our folk music sort of comes from Appalachia. Mm -hmm. But I think that's why it has become so universal. Mm -hmm. I was talking with the director of the Kodai Institute, and I, he's Hungarian, and I said, mm -hmm. Lotsi, doesn't it just warm your heart to think your teeny tiny little country the size of Indiana has had such an influence all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the ideas. And it wasn't just Kodai, you know, he had other people right. um, working the, with him, but because he was the father, he was the known name, it got attached yeah. to, with his name. But, oh, man. Yeah, I've never regretted, I've never regretted um, proclaiming that that's the philosophy of music education that I follow mm -hmm. and in preparing teachers. You know, yeah. I didn't use it when I first came to Capitol. Right. And about this time of year when graduates would be getting jobs, because I was teaching a little of Orf, a little of Kodai, a little mm -hmm. out of the music series books, a little of right. this, a little of that. And they would call me and say, I just got a job. How do I teach? Oh, geez. And I knew <laughs> how to teach. Yeah. And I felt I shouldn't subscribe to one approach and then I thought wait a minute mm. this is eclectic it uses so many different approaches right. to education so then I started and I just really focused on the Kodai philosophy mm -hmm. in my coursework and then you know it's a joy some many of those kids have been named teacher of the year mm -hmm. in their classroom or by the symphony yeah um they have successful careers mm -hmm. did you sing with um Holly Oh, she teaches up in Worthington now. Oh, I can't think. Of course, I can just think of her married name now. Ah, uh, doesn't sound familiar. Anyway, she she's now an officer on the Ohio Choral Directors Association <laughs> okay. uh, board. Yeah. And, you know, it's just warms your heart. I always say mm -hmm. I feel like a, a musical farmer. <laughs> These seeds that got planted <laughs> yeah. so many years yeah. ago. And and then you see they've they've grown, they've bloomed mm -hmm. on their own. Yeah, but you feel like, yeah, maybe, maybe I had a tiny little seed portion of that success. Mm -hmm. You had a huge portion <laughs> of that success, but yeah. I, I again, Thank I you. think that in the philosophy of enabling us to do it, that we could, that we could do it, we were capable, and that's right. Mm -hmm. And it, it was never really a question of, am I good? It was like we are good. Yes. Because you could do it, yeah. and you knew you could do right. it. Yeah, it's hard for me to understand in this day and age why why there would be choirs that I call them monkey here, monkey do. Mm. You know, you play the music for the kid and the singer at at any level, right? And then they parrot it back. Mm -hmm. I I just think you know that doesn't need to be anymore, yeah. and neither does it need to be you know. For many years, uh, it happens in theater, too, the, sort of the dictatorial director, mm -hmm. um, theater, bands, choirs, right. you know, I, that that's not what it's all mm -hmm. about. <laughs> and I feel like we, we dug into more than just the music. We dug into the words. We dug into yeah. the story. 
which is so prominent for me now. It's like, there's gotta be some meaning behind this Mm -hmm. because I remember doing the Carmina Burana, which I mean, you and you would know Carmina Burana. And that's a touchy subject with kids. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, you got booze and you got a little bit of uh, not good love there, you know, and it it all takes place. I mean, it was written by a monk Mm -hmm. and that's what I knew about it. It was like, oh, that's kind of (laughs) cool. I think I also had a big crush on Ryan Stevens. So that helped a lot Uh as well. But then again, his father's the reason we were in Ohio. So (laughs) it's probably a good reason. But thinking of the friends that we've made that, that still remain to this day, just from those I know it amazes me on Facebook I see the connections with Mm -hmm. um, kids sorry you'll (laughs) always be kids Um, these kids who are now adults Mm -hmm. but these firm firm friendships that last forever because you you think of everything you went through in choir together Mm -hmm. um, the joys that you had together the experiences that you had together and and I always just comment back, you know, friends forever. Yeah. Choir, choir makes friends forever. And I remember standing at the lights at the zoo a couple of years oh, back. Oh, yes. And there's a voice over my shoulder that goes, what do you think you're doing here? It's Kyle Barger. <laughs> I, you know, not surprising at all. It, we actually just, uh, what, last week, two weeks ago, had Bill Goldsmith on here. Oh, And yeah. it was so funny. We talked about the kids that did CJT and the kids that did... Um, children's choir. Yes. He had no idea that like Jeff Hurst was a part of. Ah, I said, yeah. yeah, he was in my first year. He was, yeah. he was kind of a big deal. Like, yeah. and years later we end up teaching together, but yeah. just how many of us have stuck around the community and still do music or still mm-hmm. do the arts mm-hmm. should say something about the work that you've done and, well, and what continues to happen. Thank you. But that's but that's what I think it's about. The arts are so crucial to one's life. Yeah. You know, Kodai really believed. I think the reason he was so intent on creating mm-hmm. um, music education and, and ha- having it be something deep, his idea was using the folk music to get to music of the masters, yeah. is that it enriches one's life. It it touches your soul, which then leads to a sense of honesty and integrity mm. and spirit. And, yeah. you know, that's what you would want for society. True. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. So you're you're retired now? And I am. I am. And I'm I'm totally retired now. Yeah. I was doing a little. Um, choir at our church first congregational okay and i absolutely loved it Mm -hmm. but each time i retired from something i've always sort of known now it's time Mm. you know the same thing happened at capitol yeah when i uh, now it's time um like there was a piece about it or that it was time to go just something in my mind when i begin to sort of resent the planning time or the getting up and going time I think "Mm, that's not healthy I would never ever want to do it with that feeling in my mind and so that little choir at church they were incredible Mm. Um, this year last year I had six children who were amazing sang in two parts and just bright bright children just a joy to work with but they met Sundays at 9 a.m. 
and it was great. I loved having 50 minutes, but that meant I had to leave home at 8.30, and I always need two hours in the morning just to yeah. collect myself. I'm not a get up, run out the, you know, right. put it together, run out the door. Yeah. I just need time. So that yeah. meant 6.30 on Sunday mornings, and I just, when I began Saturday nights to resent that, mm. I thought, nope, it's time. Yeah. So, and then I finished my term on the board with that International Code Society, and mm. So, yeah, I've always toyed, I feel guilty because about, hmm, dear oh me, maybe eight years ago now, I just put out there on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, who, who would be interested in a women's choir that the requirement is you must read music. And boom, I got 34 hits. <laughs> and I thought, oh, because I figured a lot of alums from the children's yeah. choir would... I love women's chorus music. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Yeah. And, but then have I done it? No, I haven't done it because mm. I think, oh, when are we going to rehearse? Or where are we going to get the music? Now I'm committing. That's the thing in yeah. retirement yeah. that I find over time I'm hesitant to commit <clears throat> because I, I you know. You give 100% when you commit to something, though, too. Well, yeah, I feel that's my duty. <laughs> that's kind of the point, though. <laughs> but, you know, after you left choir, we had all these high school kids that um, when when Mark was doing the group at mm-hmm. Capitol, that was a great place to send high school kids because it was outstanding. It was hard, though. It was hard to leave. Well, yes. Knowing you can stay here, you can move on. Yeah. So then I started, it was a high school group of just girls. Oh, okay. Okay. And um, they named themselves Bellissima. Mm. And we just had the best time. And and I was amazed Mm. that I could hand out music. And they literally sight read the entire piece. Oh, my gosh. Mm. You know, I remember doing this four-part Ave Maria Mm. with a lot of ninth and 11th chords. And they just sight read it. And I... And I said, how did you do that? And they just said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you just like read the whole thing. Well, they're like, you know, we just do it. We just know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You, know, you taught us. And I said, oh. oh. <laughs> but oh, yes, then we did that wonderful piece, Chili Con Carne. That's huh. a great song, okay. little salsa thing. Um, and they just amazed me. And, and we wore, we did not wear red jackets. We wore long black gowns mm-hmm. um, with pearls. Um, that was a great group to do. Yeah. And then after I retired, you know, there's always somebody looking out for us. Mm-hmm. And when I retired, and I had been doing the women's chorus at Capitol, dearly loved it. For years, I would run back and forth between the Ohio Theater when we were doing Holiday Pops. Yeah. And Capital was doing their Christmas festival. Oh, gosh. And a parent would meet me at the um, theater door, stage door yeah. downtown, and drive me out to Capitol, where I literally would just walk out on stage, oh my conduct gosh. my pieces with the women's chorus, and meet the women to say, bravo, good job, and then go back out in the car and back down to Holiday Pops for like eight or nine years. Oh, I my did that. Gosh. And now I think, how <laughs> did I do that? So I retired from Capitol. And Hilary Apfelstadt, who was mm-hmm. um, women's lead director at uh, Ohio State University, mm-hmm. and she was asked to serve as assistant director of the School of Music. And so huh. she called me that August after I had retired and said, Sandy, I'm 
moving into administration part-time, and I just don't have time to do um, the corral and all these. Would you be interested mm. to do the women's glee? Yeah. And, you know, it's right when you retire that you, you feel such a void mm. um, in, in your life. Yeah. So I did that for three quarters. Okay. That was great. Um, and then there's just been little things that seem mm. to find their way. Things keep popping yeah. up, huh? Yeah. But now we have, you know, two grandsons in town, yeah. and it's great yeah. to help our daughter with that. And How I old sing are they now? in the symphony. They're in first grade and third grade. So just started back, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Did you get some good time with them this summer? Yeah, and I'm trying to convince the older one. I've been his Suzuki parent okay. for piano. Okay. I don't teach him piano, but I've been his parent What is the person. Suzuki method? That's, is that by ear? Yeah, it's mostly okay. by ear, okay. but then after they get through book one, then they usually begin to get into some I reading. I must never have gotten very far into book two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm beginning to tell him, I said, now, Joel, he's, he's also Joel. Oh, okay. okay. And sort of big Joel, little yeah. Joel. Um, but I'll say, Joel, um, what do you think? Remember when you used to come to concerts of the children's choir and you would mm-hmm. see Grandma Sandy walk out on stage and conduct? What do you think if if Grandma Sandy sat in the audience and I got to watch you and one of the choirs coming out yeah. to sing? So he didn't say no right away. <laughs> so that's still there's still time still out there. Yeah. But he sings so well and he has an incredible ear. He yeah. he would be great. But it's so funny. can he leave Minecraft that long well, to sing in the choir? I completely understand that. As my third grade boy is the same exact way. Yeah. Funniest thing. But it is a you know the thing that interests me about Minecraft. I call it electronic blocks. Mm-hmm. That's what it really doing. yeah. But the boys they know all their minerals, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, how do you know igneous and onyx, and how, yeah. how do you know all? Oh, it's in Minecraft. It's Minecraft. It's in yeah. Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And Joel last year, his Spanish teacher at school, uh, one day was telling them about the Mayan culture and mm-hmm. showed them the Mayan temple and was telling them all about it. That boy went home and that afternoon he recreated the Mayan temple on Minecraft. On Minecraft. Wow. Yeah. It is extremely creative. It is very, very creative. I mean, you can yeah. do dumb things with it too, just as you yeah. know, anything else. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh yeah. My son's the yeah. same way and the way that he speaks on it and he'll talk about it after the fact. Uh-huh. Can you come here and, and I'm going to show you the master sword that uh-huh. I put together. And it's like, yes. how are you doing this so fast? Everything's moving so fast. Like, yeah. yeah. But the music, the music yeah. goes very slow. Yeah. And that also intrigued me. And I'm thinking, yeah. like, is that to keep them engaged? Or it's kind of an entrancing sound. It is very entrancing. Mm-hmm. And it's kinda, it, it, yeah. it hooks you a little bit. And it's like, it's, it, there's only like 10 songs or something like yeah. that. And they play. But it's also yeah. calming and relaxing. It's not yeah. like video games where it's boom, boom, bam, bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At you all the time. And it's really, in a way, spending time doing something that's kind of. Repetitive, though, you well, know, if that's you're true. you're that's kind true. of doing this, you're changing it a little bit. Yeah. It's very, it is crafty. It's a lot like playing <laughs> yeah. with blocks. It's a yeah. lot like playing yeah. Lego. It's a lot like playing. Yeah. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of things that. I don't know, video games get a bad rap, but games mm-hmm. like Minecraft have a lot of other things going. They've for it. they've mm-hmm. made a really interesting yeah choice with that, and I yeah. like it. I mean, yeah. it's that's one thing I don't. But I don't envy parents. I mean, our daughter Jill is mm-hmm. incredible. How. She, they have limited yeah. electronic time yeah. each day. Yeah. 
And it also becomes a behavior modification mm-hmm. tool. Yep. Um, it's great. Because it's I great think it's so important like that. that they get out and do other things. Yep. I yep. learned a new term when I was in Singapore. Mm. EQ. Do you know EQ? No. I'm like probably showing IQ, my... Like, it is. It oh, is. Electri- oh. It's emotional oh, quotient. Emotional. Mm. Okay. As opposed to intelligent quotient. Because they were finding in Asia there was so much emphasis on being the best and, you know, excelling academically that they had these intelligent kids. and yeah. But when they would go for job interviews, they didn't know how to conduct an interview. They didn't know how to talk or converse with people. Right. And so then began this, so equally, well, I don't know about equally, but it's just important now mm-hmm. to develop the emotional quotient as it, as it is the intelligent quotient. Yep. And where do we think that emotional quotient gets developed the most? Yeah. In the arts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. But let's just cut the funding for all of the arts. Yeah, stuff. why not? That's, yeah. Well, that was that was my husband's discussion, and I'm glad that he saw it because he he loves the arts. He has an artistic mm-hmm. ability. He's a phenomenal singer, so he gets that portion of it. But now he sees the importance of it for our kiddos. Mm-hmm. That this summer I had to teach seven weeks of camps, mm-hmm. um, and having two kids at home, they had to come with. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't really excited at first about mm-hmm. doing these camps. But then what Doug would see is that my son was coming home every day. I have to look at my script. I need to memorize uh-huh. my script today and spending a lot of time working on that. You got to Ben got to put some mm-hmm. of the videos together. Yep. So mm-hmm. seeing my now granted my older daughter, we know that we're doomed to have another actor in the house. God bless <laughs> us. But with my son, he actually he has an ear already, ah. which is scary to hear. I mean, mm-hmm. since he's been a baby, he's been able to hear things. Mm-hmm. But also to see him this summer just kind of thrive and begin to communicate with other people. He was yeah. the youngest in the class by far. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but think of kids who don't have a parent with that recognition that they need to get their kids absolutely. involved in other things. Yeah. And it was it was good because I feel that way, but yeah. good to hear my husband who works that on the brain side. It. He said mm-hmm. Gabe is learning stuff in these classes that are going to that's going to take him into communicating yeah. well for the future. I'm like, yeah. But you know the same was true when I was a kid, it was TV. Mm. That's true. That yeah. we got our family television when I was 10 years old. And then I remember a, a college student at Capitol who did a research paper on the effects mm. of television on children. And there was research like, yeah. you know, kids that were parked in front of a TV all day. It's the babysitter, right? That, uh, yes. that was the babysitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As video games are now. Yeah. yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a parent to parent decision, but. It's. I think one of the most fun things is to meet a friend for coffee and to find I haven't touched my cell phone. And this is why I love these oh, podcasts. Yes. My phone doesn't come in with me. Yeah. I don't need anything right now. And yeah. if somebody needs me that bad, sorry, mm-hmm. I'm gone for a little mm-hmm. bit. Now I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I've poked at my phone. Ben is terrible. He's a horrible human. Well, I, I, I'm terrible. And I catch myself yeah. when, you know, they'll tell you how many hours you've uh, spent. I'm yeah. horrible. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I know. But um, I love keeping in touch with former singers and students via yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Um, I... 
I have many people I play words with friends. Yeah. Mm. I um, are you good at words with friends? <laughs> I'm think, not as good I as I thought. I'm, I, was. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I have a friend who is way better than I am, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not so bad. Yeah. I hold my own. Um, and now I'm uh, challenged by Doodle Jump. Mm. Oh um, gosh, I was terrible <laughs> at that. And I'll always. I'll always email our daughter and say, you tell Joel that I just got 15,000 oh, because I rarely get up into the above <laughs> 9,000. His high score was 17 on my phone. Uh, and so I'm trying to get there. Jeez, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> We're disappointed in you. But it is scary how it can suck you in. It yeah. does. It makes you forget about everything for a little while, too. And that I've That's noticed true. sometimes is that mm-hmm. when things do get tough. Or when, you know, when you're stressed out or when you're angry about something, I'm just going to get on the phone. And suddenly Well, but also there there are um, educational things. Yeah. Like I heard, um, um, oh, what's her first name? Hannah Jones, the girl that is doing the 1619 project. Mm. And I heard her speak that she, mm. or her speech mm-hmm. that she gave at Chautauqua. Yeah. Because it was posted on Facebook. And. Yeah. Um, you know, that little interview I heard uh, with Stephen Colbert and mm-hmm. Anderson Cooper this morning. Yeah. And I wouldn't hear those right. otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it can serve an, an escape. It can mm-hmm. serve as education. Connection. Connection. Yeah. But there I are, think there are moderation, like right. anything. At, well, absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> my personal trainer said that about wine yesterday. Funniest thing. That's like moder what? What? I'm sorry. What? Moder rope. Moder modesto. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm so excited for you to continue doing what you're doing. I mean, you you are. I I will forever say that you've been such an influence on my life and my artistic career mm-hmm. and learning the kind. things from there and and just the connections that were made. Well, I think working you. hard. I really believe that that was that was something that was set in stone in those years. It was like you want to do something, you got to put the work in outside of time. And I think that that has value that I'm not sure a lot of kids, I know it still continues mm-hmm. in the Columbus Children's Choir. Yeah. And that's nice to see things continue and, right. and you know, it's yeah. fine. Um, but I'm, I'm not so sure that a lot of kids these days have that opportunity to really put in the hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and gosh, it's so valuable. I think, too, because we were working for a common goal. Yeah. And, and we brought mm-hmm. that up with Bill in that where mm-hmm. he was speaking of actors not using microphones. And I said, when we were in the children's choir, you had mm-hmm. to listen. You had no other choice but to hear the person on either side of you and the person behind mm-hmm. you to make everything work. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't, you screwed everybody up. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, not saying it in a mean manner, but it's like, gosh, if we would just do a little more of that working for one another we emphasize that hardcore in our improv classes mm-hmm. that we teach ralph is our ralph scott well, is and our that's improv life teacher. thinking of others and what can you do for mm-hmm. others it's living for the people around you yeah well it's like that best of enemies that we were talking yeah. about that yeah. that Anne atwater did something for that gentleman's mm-hmm. son yeah that had a profound effect on him right right 
Yeah. Hmm. I need to see that movie. You do. I know. You do. There's, a, there's actually a lot of movies movie. I need to see. I keep getting <laughs> yelled at for movies I haven't seen. Yet. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I saw incredible, incredible movies on the airplane because, you know, from Atlanta. How long is that flight? Well, going over from I, my long flight was Atlanta to Tokyo. Oh, my god. 12 gosh. hours. And then coming okay. home, Seoul to Atlanta was 13 hours. Uh, so that's God. lots of movies, lots uh-huh. of albums, uh-huh. lots of. Did you sleep so, at all? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> dozing. <laughs> but I saw Mustang, which is a movie about a prison program, a horse therapy program mm. in prison out in Arizona. There's a gentleman who has a program of training wild Mustangs. Mm. And, and this so is the, all real. It's all real. Oh, yeah. Oh. I like to watch movies that are yeah. based in real situations. Okay. And so the prisoners are chosen to break the horses. And then when they're oh broken, gosh. they have a big auction um, and the prisoners show the horse. And wow. um, then police um, departments sometimes purchase horses or mm. border control purchases yeah. horses yeah. at the auction. And huh. then I watched um, Red Joan, which was Judy Dench starred in that. And it was mm-hmm. about um, this older woman in England who, I don't know if she m- might have been in her 80s, but mm. came a knock at the door. And it was the um, Scotland Yard coming to arrest her because she had been a spy back when she was in Cambridge. And so the movie was back and forth between yeah. her as an old woman yes, okay. and then when she was at Cambridge and how she got sucked into oh my being a Russian spy. <laughs> then I saw an incredible documentary uh, of Aretha Franklin when she wanted mm. to do a CD of gospel music. Okay. She did not want to go into the studio. She wanted to go into church. And so she was out in L.A. and they, they set up a studio and made it like yeah. a sanctuary and invited people to come in. And um, she feel just like I've sang heard those yeah. time, put okay. that documentary together. Okay. Mm. And then I saw St. Judy about an immigration lawyer. Mm. And her first case as an immigration lawyer was working to earn asylum for a young woman from Middle East. Mm. And then she also works with some um, Mexican people. Wow. But... Those movies, when they tell the story of real people, yeah. and it hits a wider population, mm-hmm. that yeah. again that gives hope for right. the world. Yeah, um, and then you think, what little thing can I do mm-hmm. for the world? Yeah, maybe I like to think my work with future teachers and young singers. Maybe that was a way of. It is planting some hope for the world. It, you're you're a farmer, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I believe that. And I, I mean, I think it's about telling a story. And that's, you know, you, you hear a story and you hear someone else's story. And that's yeah. what it, it broadens your own, yeah. your own narrative in a way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming you. on. Thank she you for with me the invitation. Before you jet off for another travel adventure that you've got going on but well this has been great fun it's good to see you too Mm -hmm. you're a good crop (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you so much i was taken care of well (laughs) but thank you for listening to speak easily if you like us go ahead and click on facebook and click that little likey thummy uppy thingy (laughs) 
Very Isn't that technical. Good? Yes. I, well, yeah. Yes. Like us, follow, subscribe. But we appreciate that. And if if you really like what you hear, uh, remember sharing is caring, and uh, you can pass these along. <laughs> um, if you want to get a hold of us, Facebook is the best place to do that. Yeah, don't call us. us. Yeah, don't. We got too much going Krista on. Don't call me after twelve a.m. That's the best time. To <laughs> no, my phone so. is shut off. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. I have alarms that do that. Yeah, sorry. Krista needs sleep. Okay. Yeah. Keep on trucking. That's how we end <laughs> we this, right? That one back? Yeah, we're okay. gonna bring that one back. Keep on trucking. <laughs> Foxland Media. Think big.